Hey everyone, Al here with a quick note before we start. The original plan for this episode was to cover Infinity Countdown numbers 1 and 2. We even recorded both of them. Well, one of them was recorded. <sighs> so now, Joe and I have to record issue 2 again. But I didn't want to delay the episode for a week or two because of that. So, our 5-part coverage of Infinity Countdown has now become 6 parts. This episode, we're just going to be doing issue 1. And next time will just be issue two. Okay? Good talk. The Saga of the Infinity Stones The Infinity Stones, also called Soul Gems or Infinity Gems, are six age-old stones often sought by beings lusting after vast power. Each stone controls an aspect of creation itself. In their original iteration, the stone's powers and colors were as such. Red Power grants unlimited strength and energy manipulation, fuels the other infinity stones. Orange, time, enables time travel, freezing of time, and manipulation of age, in conjunction with other stones, can alter the past. Yellow, reality, can rewrite existence and alter reality. Doing so without the other infinity stones poses immense risk. Green, soul, can alter a being's core personality, access the collective unconscious, and confer souls to a peaceful soul world dimension. Blue, mind, bestows limitless telepathic and telekinetic power. Violet, space, eliminates distance through teleportation and manipulation of space. Together, the stones grant omnipotence and omniscience to the user, their power limited only by the wielder's imagination. It is believed that before the existence of the eighth iteration of reality, a solitary, omnipotent being ended its lonely existence, leaving behind six aspects of itself in the form of colored stones possessing limited sentience. Over millennia, the individual stones occasionally adopted hosts, ultimately becoming galactic legends. In modern times, the high evolutionary, Herbert Wyndham, obtained multiple stones through unrevealed circumstances and used them to create Counter-Earth on the opposite side of Earth's sun, then granted the Soul Stone to genetically engineered being Adam Warlock to enable him to serve as protector of Counter-Earth's populace. Warlock proved capable of resisting the Soul Stone's oft-corrupting and parasitic nature. After learning of the stones from an ancient scroll on a dead world, the death-obsessed Thanos of Titan located them and built a large synthetic gem that siphoned and focused the stone's power. Seeking the love of the cosmic representation of death, Thanos attempted to destroy the universe's stars as a sacrifice to her. While opposing Thanos alongside heroes from Earth and throughout the universe, Adam Warlock was mortally wounded, and his soul was drawn into the Soul Stone. Warlock's soul eventually freed itself to execute Thanos by transforming him into unliving granite. The stones were somehow scattered after Thanos' defeat, but the immortal elders of the universe gradually found them. When the universe's population reached a point where more beings were alive than had ever died, death resurrected Thanos and tasked him with correcting this imbalance. After learning of the stone's origins and true potential power, Thanos methodically and cruelly obtained them from their wielders. 
Thanos embedded the stones in a gauntlet and used them to become the universe's highest power. After eliminating half of the living beings in the universe, Thanos was opposed by a collection of mortal and cosmic superbeings, including Adam Warlock, who returned to life to counter Thanos. However, when he ascended to the position of the central being of creation, Thanos left his physical body and the gauntlet unattended. After Thanos' alleged granddaughter Nebula used the Infinity Gauntlet to undo Thanos' universal damage, Warlock forced Nebula to drop the gauntlet so he could claim the stones for himself. Even though Warlock subconsciously purged himself of any aspects of good and evil to be a more objective ruler of reality, the Living Tribunal, the conceptual arbiter and judge of the universe, ruled Warlock unfit to be a supreme being. The Tribunal ordered the Stones to be separated and rendered them non-functional as a collective. Warlock gathered close allies into the Infinity Watch, entrusting each member with a stone for safekeeping. When Warlock's evil aspect materialized as the Magus, the malevolent being empowered himself with reality-altering cosmic containment units and sought the Infinity Stones as a path toward universal domination. Warlock enabled the Magus' eventual defeat by substituting the Reality Stone with a non-functional duplicate. After the Infinity Watch lost possession of the Stones, they were scattered throughout reality. A secret cabal of benevolent superbeings on Earth called the Illuminati, which included Mr. Fantastic, Reed Richards, Iron Man, Tony Stark, Black Bolt, Black Agar Boltagon, Dr. Stephen Strange, Professor X, Charles Xavier, and Namor the Submariner located each stone and hid them for the safety of the universe. By this time, the Living Tribunal's ruling had somehow been lifted and the stones functioned in unison once more. When criminal mastermind The Hood, Parker Robbins, learned of the Infinity Stones and successfully located a number of them, the Illuminati was forced to reveal its existence to the Avengers, who assembled to reclaim the Stones from The Hood. After faking the Infinity Gauntlet's destruction and the Illuminati's dissolution, Iron Man distributed the Stones among the clandestine Cabal, now including Captain America Steve Rogers, for safekeeping once more. Later, Earths from multiple realities began colliding due to a multiversal collapse. To save their Earth from destruction, the Illuminati assembled the Infinity Gauntlet and used it to stop an impending incursion. However, doing so caused five of the stones to shatter, while the Time Stone disappeared. Later still, the Time Stone reappeared and transported a small group of Avengers to multiple points in the future before gradually returning them to the present. After Captain America confronted the time-traveling Kang and his various temporal counterparts, the Time Stone was apparently destroyed when it returned Cap to the present. After the multiversal collapse caused the ninth iteration of reality, the Infinity Stones were also somehow reformed. When Thanos' foster daughter Gamora learned that a portion of her soul remained trapped in the Soul Stone from the time she spent within the Soul World dimension years before, she began searching for the Stones. Realizing the importance of the mission to Gamora, Star-Lord Peter Quill and her Guardians of the Galaxy teammates joined her in the quest. While mutant hero Wolverine, Logan, James Howlett, took the Space Stone into his protection on Earth, the now massively sized Power Stone was located on the planet Kitaung, which led forces from the evil Chitauri and mysterious fraternity of the Raptors to seek it. They have been opposed by the Nova Corps Peacekeeping Organization and the Guardians of the Galaxy. 
The Reality Stone has been revealed to be in the possession of the heroic Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers. Earth criminal Turk Barrett has the Mind Stone, the militant Super Skrull, Kalert, has obtained the Time Stone, and the murderous robot Ultron has claimed the Soul Stone. After the multiverse's reinstatement, five of the stones are somehow now in an uncut ingot form, and the colors of all six stones have switched. The cause of these changes has yet to be revealed. Hello, welcome back to Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano. And we are back for part two of our Infinity Countdown coverage. And back with me again is my brother, Joe. Hey, Joe, what's Hello. up? How you doing? I'm doing. He's doing. Who's that in your shirt? Is that uh, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac? Yes, he is. Nice. I got more classic. Spider-Man. Yep. We're both dressed for the occasion. Yes. Well, at least we have shirts on. Yeah. I mean, I'm not showing you. I'm not standing up more so you can see whether or not I'm wearing pants. I am not wearing pants. And I'm glad I don't see more than just your torso. <laughs> and everyone should be glad this is an audio medium. All right. So we are here to talk about Infinity Countdown number one. We are going to pause real quick and drop in the synopsis so you know what's going on, in case you haven't read it or you just forgot. And then we'll probably put a promo there, and then we'll be back right after that with the coverage. Batman Nightcast, a thrilling new podcast from the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Hosted by Ryan Daly and Chris Franklin, Nightcast chronicles the Cape Crusaders' adventures in Batman and Detective Comics after Crisis on Infinite Earths. Highlights from this legendary era include Batman number 400, Legends, Mike Barr and Alan Davis, Batman Year One, Batman Year Two, Max Allen Collins, Ugh. Um, the new Jason Todd, Ugh. Millennium? You're not doing this right, let me take over. Alan Grant and Norm Brayfogle. Alan Grant from Jurassic Park? Did you hear me say Norm freaking Brayfogle? Oh, yeah. Son of the Demon. The Killing Joke. A Death in the Family. Batman Year 3. A Lonely Place of Dying. Alan Grant, Alan Davis, Max Allen Collins. Why are there so many people named Alan from this era of Batman? The Rise of Tim Drake. Legends of the Dark Knight. And that's just up until 1989. Did anything exciting happen with Batman after that? You'll have to tune in to find out. Batman Nightcast, part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Find it on iTunes and at fireandwaterpodcast.com. Oh, we forgot to mention your favorite issue, when Batman fires Dick Grayson. You want to find another co-host? Infinity Countdown number one. Writer, Jerry Duggan. Art, Mike Diodato Jr. and Aaron Cooter. Colors, Jordan Belair and Frank Martin Jr. Letters by Visual Calligraphy and Corey Pettit. Editors, 
Annalise Bissa, C.B. Sabolski, and Jordan D. White. Cover art by Nick Bradshaw and Maury J. Hollowell. Cover dated May 2018. On sale date March 7th, 2018. With a cover price of $4.99. Not long ago, there's an unnamed dwarf being held captive by an unknown someone. They want the dwarf to make something for them. Something the dwarf says he will be killed for making. Currently, on the planet Zaitung, the Novas, led by the very pregnant Commander Eve Becken, and Drax are trying to defend the Power Stone from the attacking fraternity of raptors. Meanwhile, in Telfernia, the Guardians, Star-Lord, Gamora, Groot, Rocket Raccoon, and Ant-Man, and the Earth Nova, Richard Ryder, are fighting the Gardener, one of the elders of the universe, and his army of, well, basically evil little Groots. Back on Zaitung, knowing they need backup and realizing that raptors are jamming their communications, Drax breaks into the raptor's ship to use their communication system. It doesn't work, but he's able to make telepathic contact with a girl named Kunan, who is at Nova headquarters, and is able to relay his Mayday message. Of course, at the same time, the Chitauri, led by Warbringer, arrive, wanting the Power Stone for themselves. On Telfernia, the Guardians receive a message from Nova Scott Atsit about Drax's SOS. However, they can't help as, while they no longer have to deal with a bunch of small evil Groots, they do have one still to deal with. Scar, who happens to be Godzilla-sized. The Guardians take on the Gardener, but it is Groot who deals the final blow. Not killing him, but curing him. Apparently, Loki had poisoned him, and that drove him mad. Groot healed him, and brought the Gardener back to normal. But apparently at the cost of Groot's own life. Apparently, because the Gardener was able to return the favor and heal Groot, making him as he originally was, full-sized and with a full vocabulary. On Earth, Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. the Black Widow, a.k.a. a person the world believes is dead, is in the island nation of Madripoor, hiding out, when she sees a signal to check out a dead drop she has nearby. Now, as far as she knows, only two people know about this location, Captain America and the also-believed dead Wolverine. Heading to her secret apartment, Natasha finds a surprise in her toilet tank. No, not that kind. Bad listener. Bad. It's the Infinity Space Stone. With a note. N. Take care of this. L. Oh yeah, in case you didn't listen to our last episode, Wolverine's alive. Wolverine, a.k.a. Logan, a.k.a. L. And we're back. Feels like we never left. Stop that. It was a great intro. Stop pointing at me. Make me uncomfortable. All right, so. Starting with your question from before. Now, they don't name the dwarf at all in the in this issue, do they? What did I say? But I don't think. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think it's each tree, which was the dwarf that was used in the Avengers Infinity War movie. Yeah, this guy looks more like an elf, to be honest. He kind of looks like Pip a bit. Like, have they tried to make Pip more realistic looking? Yeah. He's got the ears. Yeah. Maybe if Pip lost his hair. Yeah. But, yep, whoever this mysterious person is, they're making the dwarf create things for them. Sort of like the movie. Yeah. But that's all. Although, actually, let's go back real quick. Let's start with the cover. So we have somebody holding the Infinity Gauntlet. 
and you got different characters coming out of each of the gems. I think it's showing who has the gems, sort of. Yeah, because but that's Matt. Uh, yeah, they're showing Magus who had the gem, Magus. who had the gem before, but he was taken by Ultron. Well, that's weird. But they also have Loki on the cover, and Loki doesn't have one of the gems. Yeah, it's true. It's Turk that has the mind gem. But Captain Marvel... Oh, and also Drax has one of the gems. And they have Gamora instead. She didn't have the gem, right? No. Not at any point. Well, at, the, at least at the beginning of this issue, when you go to, when they show you the little to count thing of, you know, what the Infinity Gems do and who has them, it's Drax that has the gem. It's Ultron has the mind gem. No, sorry, the soul gem. Turk Barrett has the mind gem. The Super Scroll has the time gem, Wolverine the space gem, Drax the power gem, and Captain Marvel the reality gem. So they're only half right. Yeah. Because they got Captain Marvel, Wolverine, and the Super Scroll, but. So that's weird. Yeah. Where do you think that is? I don't know. I guess they, well, I guess they... you accumulate all in your head all the. I don't know, like the 50 years of comic books that you've been reading in your life. I'm not 50 years old. <laughs> anyway, so all those 70 years of you reading comic books, accumulate that all in your head, and would this be something that um, is like a hint or something, or would it be that somebody just drew this before the story were even folded out? And these well, were I'm, guys who originally had it. Uh, maybe, maybe they changed it. That's possible. I mean, it's also possible like they wanted to use somebody instead of Turk because Loki would be more visually interesting than just a guy in a suit. Yeah, I kind of like to see a guy in a suit just standing there. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Although I'm not sure why they use Magus instead of Ultron. It's not like you know one's more visually interesting than the other. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Ultron would actually be cooler. Yeah, but anyway, I don't know. That's weird. Anyway, onto the story. Wait, real quick. Who does the cover? Is it the same artist that does the whole thing? Uh, let me... Cover say? artist? No. Nick Bradshaw and Maury Howell. Yeah. And totally different people who do the book. Yeah, Aaron Cooter does the main art for most of the book. But the part about the uh, forging the armors, Mike Diodato Jr. and Frank Martin. Because that's why that first page looks so different than the rest of the series. I mean, the rest of the issue. Which page? The first page. The one with the dwarf. Oh. Because you know it looks right. It looks you different. Are right. Why yeah, is that? Uh, well, I mean, different artist. I'm not sure why they decide to have a different artist draw just that part, that one page. But yeah. Just that one page. We'll have to pay attention for the rest of the issues and see if maybe they keep having this that same artist do whatever sequence with the armor with you know the with the dwarf. Yeah, do they do that sometimes? Like to try to change the mood around? Eh, they can if they want to. And it's would be it's more even... likely that, or would be more likely, oh, f we forgot a page. <laughs> Let's and the guy went home. Well, it says here in the credits. Forging the armor page artist, you know, forming the art, forming the armor page artist, 
And I kind of remember his art being in these books, so I'm assuming, I think they just used him for those pages throughout the whole series. That's cool. I mean, depending on how far ahead they were in getting stuff done, that could have been planned. Or, of course, they could have, you know, it could have been something they thought of adding in later on and they had somebody else draw it. I don't know. We'll have to ask them if they're ever on the show. I'll have to see if I can tweet Gary, you know, the artist or the writer at some point and see if I can get an answer from them. Don't give up until you get one. <laughs> Keep harassing people. Yes. Our fans demand the truth. Yes. You can't handle the truth. I couldn't resist. I noticed. Now, one thing I do like here in this series, they have a little cast page in the beginning. Yes. And they even tell you, like, the cast, like, who's at one area. So we have two locations for this issue. The battle on Zaitung, which is where the Power Stone is. So we have Drax, former destroyer, and Commander Eve Bakken from the North, a Nova Corps Centurion. Versus Talonar, the Legion of the Fraternity of Raptors, and Warbringer, the Warlord of the Chitauri Empire. And then the part of the Battle on Teleferna, we got, well, the Guardians, Star-Lord, Gamora, Groot, Rocket, Nova, and Ant-Man, versus the Gardener. Commander Eve... Back... Backen? Bacon? Yeah, has she been in stuff before? I'm pretty sure I looked this up a while ago and forgot. Hold on. I'm trying to remember I looked her up last... No, no, wait. I was looking up that Scott Ast last time. Remember the guy that used to be on uh, one of the uh, 30 Rock? Who is he in 30 Rock? He was a cameraman, I think it said. Oh. No, I, I don't even know that show. I keep Every time people say 30 Rock, I keep thinking Third Rock from the Sun. Yes, she has appeared. Well, she was in the Guardians of the Galaxy 150, which we covered last episode. Oh, yeah. I guess I saw her in that. <laughs> but before that, she only was in issues 147 and 148 of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. So this is only her fourth appearance. She's not really, you know. She should be on fraternity leave. Yeah. Well, yeah, because she is very, very pregnant. Yeah. How could she be in battle? While being that pregnant. I don't know. A little bit irresponsible. Maybe the Nova Corps have different uh, rules regarding that. Oh, well, you know, you got to do what's best for your child, lady. I know, but, you know, if work says you got to be there, you got to be there. Colin suck. I would think that would have been the smart thing. What happens if she has to give labor? Wait further episodes. Did you read ahead? I read this one that came out. Oh, cool. Okay. See? I read this and Infinity War. I, I knew know this was going to be a problem. Are they equipped to have somebody take care of her? Uh, I think so. Are they, do they have a plan for this? They have somebody to take over while she's, uh, you know... Screaming in pain? <laughs> and she pushes yeah, a cantaloupe out? I think so. But that's uh, not what this happens issue. if she were to get hurt and your child would have been uh, killed. How would she feel about that? Because she didn't want to take off of work. She's so she's so uh, she's so important. Nobody else could do it. Well, we don't know whose fault is. I mean, I didn't read those two other two issues of Guardians yet that she first appeared in. So maybe it's covered in there. 
And where's the father? I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll figure it out. But these are my concerns. Yeah, and hey, maybe it's not just her. Maybe the Nova Corps is really horrible. And she's like, look, I need the job. You know, maybe dad's dead. And, you know, the father's dead. And it's like, look, I need this job. And they'll fire me if I leave before the kid's born. So, you know, I mean, there's no OSHA there. You know, they're in space. God knows what the laws are there. Nova Corps could be like, look, you leave, you're fired. Well, you know, maybe, maybe the Nova Corps isn't the, or they maybe they're not the good guys after all. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't think of that. But either way, she's there with the uh, place where remember Drax is guarding the power gym. Yes. And those fraternity of Raptors guys were, you know, knew about and were showing up, and uh, well, yeah, they. Uh, <laughs> They bomb it. I do like that page of Drax. So he's meditating on the stone. Drax, incoming! What's incoming? And <laughs> bomb. Yeah. He falls off. And the raptors show up and they're like, um, we can't take, the, we can't grab the stone. This is too big. Yeah, that's a, uh, they weren't planning on that. Although they have a good idea. Yeah, you it's know. pretty smart. They're pretty, uh, you know, they're pretty positive people. Yeah, they're like, look, we'll just cut, we'll just cut what we can off it, and everyone gets a piece of the power stone. That'd be awesome. Yeah, you know, like they took those lemons, they made lemonade. Good for them. And hey, hey, the pregnancy worked for her. Distracted the 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 uh, the guy from for a minute. Yeah, because he's obviously nice. He's like, oh wait, I don't want to hit a pregnant girl. (laughs) I was about to kill you, but now I can't. Now wait a minute, I'm, I'm confused. I don't want to kill an unborn child. And then, boom. <laughs> she just blasts him. She takes the, she takes advantage of his compassion. I think it's more confusion. And then Drax just punches the guy out of the building. <laughs> and we ju- then we jump to the Guardians on that other planet, Teleferna, where they're fighting what looks like a bunch of sort of Groots. Like a bunch of tree creatures. And this Groot is the baby Groot as well. I know we've seen him already, but... Yeah. Very similar to the movie. Yep. Well, this came out... No, no, this came out this last year. The movie was... Well, this came out after the movie. Yeah, that makes sense. This would have came out right before uh, Avengers Infinity War. And they're fighting the gardener. Now, do you know who the gardener is? Yeah, I know... Thanos killed him for one of the Infinity Stones. Yeah, he's one of the elders, like the Collector and the uh, Grandmaster. What do you mean by elder again? Uh, the elders of the universe, there's like, I forget how many there are, six, ten of them, something like that. Basically, they're some of the oldest mortals in the universe. You know, they're not cosmic entities like Galactus or like uh, Infinity or, or uh, Eternity. But they're, they're you know, they're... Well, not mortal, you know, but they're, they guess they were human beings or whatever on whatever planets they were. They're just some of the oldest creatures in the universe. Got it. You know, for the most part, most of them are the last of whatever, whatever race they were. You know, whatever race they were a part of, you know, probably died out like billions of years ago. They're the only ones left. It seems like most of them have decided, probably it says, uh, from what I read in the Marvel handbook, probably is like a way to keep themselves from going crazy over the years. Each one of them is kind of focused on something. Like a hobby, so to speak, to keep themselves going. Yeah. So the gardener's into gardening. The collector collects stuff. 
the grandmasters into games. There's the runner. You can guess the what runner. he does. Yeah. Uh, there's champion. He basically goes from planet to planet looking for people to fight to prove he's the best. That's tiring. Thanos got the power gem from him. Th- yeah, Thanos got it from him in the Infinity of, what was it? In that Thanos quest. Yeah, yeah. I remember you talking about it. I know, I remember the. Yeah, he yeah. challenged him to a duel, and then he blew the planet up the guy was on. That's funny. And then said, I'll bring you to another planet if you give me that gem. He's like, all right. And Thanos brings him to the planet and then drops him off over orbit. He's like, I never said I'd land you there safely. He just said, I will bring you here. Here you go. Have fun. Did he die? No, he's still alive. And there's a couple others. I forget their names. Uh, there's the Contemplator. Oh, yeah, we saw the Contemplator last issue. He was the one that uh, the Magus the chopped that. Yeah. He's like a meditating guy. He's heavily. He's in the meditation. Cool. Even though the gardener sounds like he should be weak and easy, he's probably pretty damn powerful. Yeah. And apparently a little crazy here. Yeah, he's very crazy here. Yeah, he's having the, the, the planet destroy everyone who lives there. With giant tree creatures. He looks like Moses. Yeah, he kind of does. And back to Drax. This is funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. Because they, they need backup. And they're like, well, the raptors are blocking all the channels. Well, I'll have to go up to their ship and use their you know, radio. Which makes sense. That's a good plan. Yeah, that's a very good plan. But the problem is Drax does not fly. So Drax rips the wings off some of these raptors. And just ties them to his arms. It makes sense. But he won't fly. No, he does try though. It's like a Looney Tunes cartoon where like the guy's like the weight like Sylvester or has like the wings tied to his arms, he's like flapping his arms trying to fly. I know. But he should have jumped off the cliff. You even see him flapping his wings a lot. I know. <laughs> but then his next plan is is, you know, he doesn't give up. He grabs two of the guys and just makes them fly. Well, that's great because then we switch over to yeah, we switch over to the Raptors on their ship. Commander, we've lost contact with Talonar, and our ground forces are meeting unexpected resistance. Explain it. Who is screaming? And then we see Drax sitting on the back shoulders of one Raptor, his legs like wrapped around it like a wrestling move, holding another one above his head by the throat, yelling at them to fly. Damn it! And they're just like screaming, like help! I know that's this is cool. I like this scene. <laughs> ah, I can't breathe. And so they basically fly him through the window of the fly, of the ship, so he can take care of it. Now, Drax, the stupid Drax could fly, right? Yes, Drax was able to fly, but both stupid Bat Drax and the Drax, the original one, like the cosmic power one, that was intelligent. They could both fly. And through space. Yeah. And then they... So so why'd they change it? Uh, he was depowered. This is well before the movie. Yeah. He was depowered, but intel- brought up in intelligence and also a bit more uh, good at fighting as opposed to just being super strong. He was, you know, he, I mean, he was still super strong, as we saw from him punching that guy throughout the building, yeah. but not as cosmically strong as he was before. Actually... If you want, there's a Drax the Destroyer and Forge miniseries that came out several years ago. Mm-hmm. That is all about that. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it's really good, too. When did it come out? Do you remember Annihilation, when they did that whole story? 
With Annihilus taking, like, Annihilus attacking, and that's when they first brought the Guardians of the Galaxy in? I know I read it, maybe. Yeah, well, if you were, before Annihilation came out, there was, like, a couple things that came out that kind of, like, led the way to Annihilation, and Drax was, like, one of those things that, like, set helped set it up. Oh, cool. Yeah, you know, like, they didn't announce it. It's like, if you, you know, you didn't realize it when you're reading it, but then when you read Annihilation, you're like, oh, Drax, oh, that's why they did that. Which I like better. I mean, sometimes it's nice when they're like, part one, part two. But sometimes it's cool when, like, you have this big story come out. And then you realize, oh, all those things were leading up to the story. I didn't know that. Yeah. Because that's a cool thing when they, they trick you with that. You're like, you think it's just a random story. And then you realize it actually matters later on. Like Chris Claremont kind of writing. Chris Claremont would do that. Or the current season of Young Justice. Oh, Yeah. Have you been watching that one? I can't because I can't remember where I ended up on because everybody else is watching it. Oh, I'm done. Oh, okay. I've watched all the episodes. How many episodes are there? Thirteen. Oh, then I think yeah, then I think it's over. Okay, all right, I'll start watching it now because it was left at thirteen. Yeah, no, thirteen for now. They're, they're going to do the other half of the season later, but they're stopping it right now at thirteen. Actually. Yeah, they, they do that a lot. They definitely do it in Young Justice because, like, you watch, like, those first six, seven or eight, seven episodes or so, and there's stuff that happens, and then, like, but some of them seem, like, random, like they just happened in that episode, and then you get to, like, episode eight or nine, and they show you how it all, like, it was all ties in together. It's all part of a plan. And you're like, oh. holy crap, like, these writers are like, damn! Like, these guys are smart. So, anyway, back to this. Back to Drax. But, like I said, this Drax is smart. I mean, he's still decently smart. I mean... Yeah, that was kind of stupid. Like, that was funny with the whole flapping of the wings. But grabbing those guys to fly him up there was smart. And this was genius, too, when he when he first bashes in. Who is in charge of communications? And the one guy yells, I'll die before I just punches the guy out. He's like, good, now I know where the communications are. Yeah. I didn't need you to do it for me. I just didn't know where they were. And I didn't, now I'd have to look. But unfortunately, the systems don't work. It's apparently tied into their DNA, so he can't call. He can't make a call. Can't catch a break, or can he? But he did have apparently. There apparently is a telepath that works at the Nova. Uh, that's at the Nova headquarters. That apparently is in contact with him, so he was able. She's uh, going to tell them for him. So he at least was able to make the call. Still, yeah, he got lucky. Yeah, no, Drax is actually reading this issue. I'm like, I would love a Drax. I, w- I would read a Drax series. Drax is so much fun here. Yeah. This kind of Drax is fun. He's like, okay, you're helping me save lives. Thank you very much. He's like, now I have to go and don't listen. You're not going to like what I'm going to do now. Yeah. And the Raptor guy's like, look, I know you're not calling him on the radio, so quit pretending. He's like, nope, nope, I have help. And he's just like cracking his knuckles, like cracking his neck. He's like, all right, let's get to, let's get to this. I have to beat you up now. And so right now, who else is this coming in? Yeah, Drax thinks it's help coming in, and they're both like, oh, crap. Yeah. It's this is the Chitari. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Chitari are an alien race. Um, it's the same aliens from the first Avengers movie. Yeah, because you can see those giant whale like ships they're using. Yeah, but the nice thing is they're fighting the Raptors too. So yeah, they're the enemy of my enemy. And meanwhile, the Novas on the ground were defeated, and they're about to be executed until Drax lands on them, basically. Lands on them, who are right next to the Nova, but doesn't land on the Nova. Eh, but it was cool. It's very cool. 
you know, he's on that piece of wreckage from the ship and just lands and crashes and crushes them all. He walks out of the fire. Help is on the way. Yeah, he's so badass. Like, damn, this Drax is awesome. I mean, yeah, I love dumb Drax. He was so much fun back in the day. He'll be back. Eventually. And I do like the dumb... I, I like the Drax and, you know, Batista's Drax. But this Drax is awesome. Batista's Drax, I mean, he does have some funny scenes. But... But it's not... You know, they, I still... There could have been so many other better people than the Batista to do it. Maybe, but he's the one who's doing it. He so. wasn't even a good... Like, he wasn't even a good actor in wrestling. Like... He was he was really bad on the mic. Okay. Anyway, he's not terrible. I mean, he still pulls off the jokes, but I could have got somebody yeah. so much better. I guess he definitely does look like a Drax, though. Yeah. And now we finish up the issue back on Teleferta, because I don't think we go back to the Nova's this issue. Let's see. No, we I don't. don't. Think so either. Yeah. So we go back to Teleferna. The Guardians ret- retreat back to their ship for now. And uh, Gamora, because f- Gamora had been wanting to look for the Infinity Stones, but remember, if they were going to first help Groot, she didn't know that they had the Power Stone. Yeah. Until Scott uh, kind of drop, you know, drops the ball there and tells everybody. That It's like, we were going to tell you when we finished this thing with Groot. And it's like, uh, we can't help Drax out because we have our own problems. We have a super giant tree monster about to stomp on us. Evil Groot. Basically, evil giant Groot. I mean, he's standing over skyscrapers, so. He's like Godzilla Groot. He's like Godzilla size. And this one talks. Called Scar. Groot attacks the gardener. Well, actually, they all do. Until Groot basically takes over and just lands on the gardener's chest and starts yelling at him. Oh, wait, that's far in the future. We skipped, well, like, a bunch of pages. Yeah, it's just fighting. I mean, unless we have oh. anything to say about the fighting. Yeah, I guess you're right. They, uh, blah, blah, blah. They're all fighting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's nothing Groot specific. gets all pissed off and yells at him. I mean, unless you like the way he does stuff. Like, at least the Drax stuff, you know, it was entertaining and cool stuff to talk about, you know? Yeah. No, you're right. This is just, um, as Andrew Leyland would say on his show, fighting McFightenstein. You know, it's you know, it's like itchy and scratchy. Yeah. In late 1984, Marvel's direct sales manager sat in a crowded meeting of comic retailers. Let's be honest, Secret Wars was crap, right? But did it sell? The room exploded with applause. Well, get ready for Secret Wars Series 2. Beginning in 2018, Pulp to Pixel's Marvel superhero Secret Wars and Beyond will do the unthinkable Secret Wars 2. We'll take a detailed look at the event, the tie-ins, the new characters, and we will attempt to answer one of the largest questions in the history of the Marvel Universe. What the heck was Jim Shooter thinking? No, no, seriously, what was Jim Shooter thinking? Well, you can find out at the Pulp to Pixel Podcast Network, where you can subscribe to all of our amazing shows, or just to Secret Wars and Beyond itself, as it is now in its own omnipotent feed. Secret Wars 2 and Beyond, a Pulp to Pixel Podcast production. You'll believe an omnipotent being can use the restroom. So Groot healed him, so he was, like, uh, poisoned. 
kind of like uh, Lord of the Rings style. Oh yeah, yeah, the king from uh, Rohan. Yeah, because you can even yeah, Loki poisoned him, and it almost it looks like it kills Groot. Yeah, he he either is dead or uh, not in good condition at the very least. Looks all, all dried out. But now this is cool. The gardener says, "Grow strong." You know, gardener goes to heal and says, "If it's not too late, grow strong like you once were at the beginning of your tale." And Groot is back, big, you know, normal sized, and talks. Yes. And not just an I am Groot. But still talks to him as a third person. Yeah. Groot forgives cool. Yeah. Groot forgives the gardener. But Groot will never allow the perversion of his limbs to wreak unintended havoc on this or any other world. Which confuses the hell out of everybody else. <laughs> They're all just like sure. Yeah, they'll stand there going like, uh, what? And Groot's like, Groot hails his friends. Join Groot as he smites his enemies. And they're just looking at each other like, what's going on here? Now Groot goes to battle. Yep. They shouldn't be confused. He's explaining exactly what's happening. Yeah. And I think that's something people have noticed, commented on, because Groot is an old character. Groot's from like the 50s or early 60s. Really? Yeah. Groot is one of those creatures, you know, like in the 50s when Marvel only Marvel only had like a bunch of like, basically they had some Western titles. They had some like teen titles, you know, like Millie the Model, like Archie, like Archie Light comics. Yeah. Like before Stan Lee really changed it. Yeah. He was still the one doing it, but he didn't, you know, he was just doing, you know, whatever, you know, crap stuff. Yeah. Before and they also had a few. Before he really changed it. Yeah, before like, they before tried to Fantastic do anything different. Four. Exactly. And they also had a bunch of monster titles. Where basically it was just like... I should say before was, the Silver Age then, right? Yeah. And the Golden Age. Uh, no, not Golden Age. This is more... This would be called... It depends on what your term it is. Some people call it a gold. Some people might say... It's the 50s. That's not the Golden Age? It depends. Some people... A lot of people say the Silver Age starts in 1956. That's when the Flash first shows up, Barry Allen. Why they say that? Well, because that kind of reset the uh, Silver Age for DC Comics. I think, oh. you know, the Silver Age up. Because all the heroes had kind of, except for, because the only ones that were still being published were Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. And then in backup stories, Aquaman and the Flash. Sorry, Aquaman and Green, uh, Green Arrow. Everyone else was gone by then. And then the Flash started up again in 1956. And that was popular enough that they brought back Green Lantern and they brought in the Martian Manhunter. And then next thing you know, they would do the Justice League because now they had superheroes again. OK, that makes so sense. A lot of people say that. So some people will say the Golden Age goes up into 19, you know, 55, 56. Some people, I'm one of them, say the Golden Age ends around 4950 and the early 50s are called the Atomic Age. That's like when EC Comics started doing stuff like Tales from the Crypt. Okay. So, so it's the yeah. Atomic Age? Yeah, I like calling it the Atomic Age. Let's call it the Atomic Age. I like that one. But either and way... the Silver Age starts... And then the Silver Age starts up in like the mid, like late 50s. And that goes to yeah. about 1969, 1970, roughly. There should be a start where Stan Lee like changes, like brings the Fantastic Four in and the X-Men and stuff like that, right? Some That's people, a huge milestone. 
It is, but some people, it depends, though. Some people still consider that Silver Age because it still was part of it. Some people consider the Silver Age starting in 1961. The thing is, it's since it's not like a specific thing, it's, you know, you're kind of looking back later on going, oh, this is what happened. It's kind of, you know, there's not like, a, it's hard to tell when it actually starts. And also sometimes for some characters or some titles, you can say, for instance, oh, yeah, Batman started the Silver Age already, but Superman was still in the past age. Or yeah. vice versa. So it gets a little nebulous. But either way, in the 50s, they had a bunch of monsters. You know, bo- the main thing Marvel was publishing was titles about monsters. They, you know, they had books like Tales of Suspense, Tales to Astonish, Strange Tales. And each one would have like four or five different little monster stories. Giant Basically be like, giant monster shows up and scientist guy has to learn, show, defeat him and save the Earth. And Groot was one of them. Cool. And then they... Just decided to bring him back years later. But yeah, in that original one, Groot spoke. Groot talked to normal. Like a th- like his name in the third person, like here, or just normal, normal? I read it once, but I don't remember. I just know he did speak in full, no, more than just I am Groot. But yeah, so Groot is going to help the Guardians beat Scar. Because even though the, gar- the gardener is not crazy anymore, I guess the evil tree creatures are still running amok. And then we have the epilogue. On Earth. I think a better name for evil Groot would be Root. Hmm. Or, uh, or Brute. Yeah. Instead, Scar. Yeah, Scar is kind of generic. But yeah, so we're on Madripoor with the Black Widow. She's dead. Well, the world thinks she's dead. Except she's a little worried because there's apparently a drop, you know, a seat, you know, one of those spy things, you know, a dead drop. And there's a signal for her to check it. And she's like, there's only two people who know about it. Nick Fury and Wolverine. And she thought Wolverine was dead. Because he was. But apparently he's not anymore, as we know. And he left her a gift. In the toilet. Yes, in the in the toilet tank. <laughs> An upper decker. <laughs> he left the Infinity Stone with a note. And take care of this, L. Do you know for sure that, I mean, like, they don't show the Infinity Stone, though, right? They just yeah, apply it, it. No, you can see it right there. Really? If you look at the page. Look at the oh, panel. Oh, yeah, with, you see it. You're right. You can it's even right see the there. panel above. Like, when she's opening the lid, the light's coming out. Yeah. <laughs> like, she just looks at it and goes, you're an absolute bastard, Logan. Real quick, then, before we go to issue two, what did you think of issue one? It's good. Yeah, I definitely liked the Drax part, I think, was the best. It was. That was the best. But seeing Groot, I like. I kind of like uh, Groot like this. This new version of Groot. Yeah. I had enough of baby Groot. What's well, the fun of a character like Groot or even the Hulk? You can kind of do the thing that you want to do with them for a while, and then you can change them up, and now you can have new fun for a while, and then change it again. It's not like Spider-Man, where Spider-Man's always going to be Spider-Man. I mean, not saying you, that's not good or enjoyable, obviously, but sometimes it's nice to be able to change things up. All right, so hold on a minute. We're going to have another promo, and then we'll be back in a few minutes with Infinity Countdown number two. Stay tuned. Okay, slight mistake. Nick Fury is not one of the two people who apparently know about Black Widow's dead drop. It's Wolverine and Captain America. I don't know how I got that wrong, because it very clearly says in the issue here, only two men know about the safe house. One is dead. The other is Captain America. 
and as we learned from the rest of the issue, the dead one is Wolverine, who's not that anymore. But yeah, Captain America. Don't know where the hell I got Nick Fury from. Oh well. The dawn of an age. The founding of a family. You know we haven't done enough research into the effects of cosmic rays. We've got to take that chance. Conditions are right tonight. Let's go. They're penetrating the ship. Our shielding isn't strong enough. I feel like I'm burning up. Too heavy. Can't move. Too heavy. We're all alive. I feel so strange. You're fading away. I can't see you at all anymore. Look what's happening to you. You're... Change. Oh, Reed, not you too. What happened to me? To all of us. I can fly. We gotta use that power to help mankind, right? And so was born the Fantastic Four. Or soon the mole man will have the entire world in his power. I am the mightiest living mortal on Earth. And half mankind shall feel that might. The Fantastic Four. Little do they dream they're the palms in the hands of Dr. Doom. The Human Torch will be the Puppet Master's next victim. You athletes can't change the way I can. That means I'm the most powerful person on Earth. I've been expecting you. For I am the thinker. I vow never to return, my lord, until the Fantastic Four is more and the planet Earth is no more. You're in the presence of the awesome Ralatons, King of Kings, Master of Men, and Lord of the Seven Sons. Fool, you're just a muscular freak, blind or whole. Stop! You must not end on the castle of Diablo. My journey is a I think she'll sustain the individual drain of all elemental life. So speak the lighters. Flame on! It's clobbering time! The Fantastic Four from the very beginning witnessed the origins of a legend. The Fantasticast. ffcast.lipsin.com The episode's almost over, but we can't end it without doing the feedback. And this time we're going to be covering feedback for episode 93... Supplemental number four, The Weird Ghost of Amber Swamps. On Facebook, the post for that episode was liked and shared by Joe Sedano, Michael Lane, Jonathan Schaefer-Hames, Gene Hendricks, Pat Sampson, Darren and Ruth Sutherland, and Jason Venable. On Twitter, it was liked and retweeted by Coffee and Comics, Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast, Let's Get Shitty Show Podcast, John James Miller, Chris Matthews, Teach Me Something Podcast, Relatively Geeky, and Radio and Podcast, Hashtag Share a Show. Now, there was no like on the Tumblr page for it, sadly, but we do have a few more people on Tumblr who are following our page overall, and they need to be thanked. Thank you to The Angry Hero, Retro Made King, Emmanuel V Photographies, Majestic Criminal Mastermind, and Parentino33. And continue on for our great Comment, review, email catch-up. We have a comment from the Podbean site from back in January 10th. It was left by Anglitella... Agle... Ag... Ag... Aglito... Aglitilito... It was left by Aglitilito. It's spelled A-G-L-T-E-L-T-O-W. I could do some research on that, but honestly, I don't think there's a way to actually say that out loud. I don't think it's a word that's meant to be said. Anyway, what they say is, 
new follower from Berlin, Germany. Nice work. And this was a comment left on episode 72, Death Ship, which was Strange Tales 179 or 180. I think 179. It's the first Pip the Troll episode. Anyway, thank you. And please, if you're listening still, which I hope you are, if there's a way to pronounce that, could you just do a quick um, audio comment and email to me? I would love to know how to do it correctly. Oh, how do you email to me? Well, there's a segue. All right. Want to send me an email? Resurrectionpodcast at yahoo.com. And of course, there are other ways to be in contact. Facebook. Like our page there and follow it. Just type in Adam Warlock or Thanos in the search box. We'll pop right up. Twitter. We are at Adam Thanos Pod. On Tumblr, resurrectionspodcast at yahoo.com. And of course, you can always go follow us on Podbean and leave a comment there. Or iTunes review. Those would be awesome. In fact, I might have one or two to read over the next two episodes. But more would be even better. This show can now be found on Stitcher. In case you don't know what Stitcher is, Stitcher is Radio On Demand, a free app that lets you listen to all your favorite shows, plus discovered from 20,000 others. Available on iOS, Android, Nook, and iPad. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at stitcher.com or in the App Store. Well, that's it for this episode. As long as all goes well when we re-record Infinity Countdown number 2, that will be our next episode, which should be out May 5th. Then on the 19th, we're going to have our Avengers Endgame episode. And after that, back to our regularly planned, fingers crossed at least, Infinity Countdown coverage. See you next time. Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, is a fan-made production, and no copyright infringement is intended, or happening, or even understood. The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peaceloveproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page. Okay. Woo-hoo. I was about to tell, I was about to start sending you a message saying, "Okay, let's try it again." You know, we we may or may not be going to the fair tomorrow night. I was gonna like, if not, then let's try it tomorrow. But it's working. It's working. Do you have work tomorrow? Nope. Oh, that's good. I do. You suck. Yes. <sighs> I was gonna say, but I'm off today. I was off today, but so are you. So was I. You suck. There we go. That's good. Good. Uh, quick question now. I don't need okay. this for the show. I just want to know: Did you read the part at the end that's called the Saga and the Infinity Stones? Where they kind of go over what everything that happened? Yeah. I I kind of glimpsed over. It. All right. Just let me know.
know most of it would have happened. Actually, I, I also I kind of thought we were going to go over it uh, in the show, so I just figured, well, why should I read it? You'll tell me what happens. <laughs> oh, what I was planning on doing is going to have my ask my friend Brian to like record himself reading that says there, and I was going to play that before each episode. That's cool. Episode. I think that's cool. He's got a good voice for it. But I figured I'd see real quick, since we're not really covering that, if you have any questions about what happened on here. Um, let's see. I know, for, like, I, I was scrolling through it, and I was like, okay. I know, I, I read the first page, so I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know that, but they're telling me that about some guy. All right, well, what's, so this is, what is it? Um, the eighth iteration of reality. So there's been seven yeah. other iterations that we don't even know about. Well, we know about one of them. Oh, the one before Secret Wars? Yeah, that was the seventh. The eighth started after Secret Wars. Okay, so we know we were on seven. Now we're and on now eight, is... but we don't know one through six, right? Yeah, although I guess we should say we know somebody from number six, Galactus. He's the only one? He's a survivor from like that last version of reality. Galactus is older than the universe. Oh, I didn't know that. So him, but nobody else? None of the other people? Not that I'm aware of. So he's older than, like, uh... Everything. The three-headed guy and everything? Oh, the Living Tribunal? Yeah. No, because the Living Tribunal is all the universes. Yeah, as far as I know. But so, but he's older than, uh, who else could it be? So all the other cosmic people, Eternity. Like, yeah, he's older than Eternity. Yeah. That's that's the biggest guy. That is the biggest guy because he's the universe. So, okay, yeah. that's cool. I didn't know that. Yep. And we, we don't know who this guy is. But before the existence of the eighth iteration of reality, a solitary, omnipotent being ended its lonely existence, leaving behind six aspects. Blah, 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 blah. So we don't know who this guy is. Not that I'm aware of. I guess the only person we know is Galactus. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, he wasn't everywhere, so he doesn't know everything. Yeah, but he's the only one that could know. Yeah. Well, it gets a little weird, because it's believed before the existence of the eighth version of reality. We don't know which version of reality this guy's from. For all we know, he's from the first version. Oh, yeah, you're right. We just assumed it was the seventh. Yeah, but we don't know. Could be the first. So then they have the part about the high evolutionary getting the stones and giving Adam the soul gem. Oh, and then there's a thing on the page before this where they tell you, they show you how the gems used to look. Oh, yeah. Because they well, say they've don't been... Show, don't show me that. If you're well, going to change it, just stick with, just show me what the new ones are, because you're going to really confuse well, they're showing you, well, this is how they look back in the day. This, you know, so they're, they're showing you the history. They're showing you how they look in the history, because back then they all were gems. You notice now they're all rocks, except for the soul gem is actually a gem. Oh, yeah, you're right. But they've also changed color. Yeah. Like the soul gem used to be green, now it's orange. And the time gem, time gem is now green, but the time gem used to be orange. I can see the soul gem being orange. I could see that. That's, I mean, that makes more sense. But so yeah, so we have the Adam getting the soul gem, and then Thanos finding them and turning the stone, being turned to stone. 
And then, so this is, the, so the next page where you see at Thanos, all those guys Thanos is beating up to get the gems for the Infinity Gauntlet. Those yeah, are all the quests. Yeah, those are the, uh, those are the elders. Like the gardener and everybody. Yeah. yeah I remember yeah. reading well, it. Was good, it was a good uh, story. Yeah. But yeah, two of them are, you, you know two of them have been in the movies, right? Who's the collector? Benicio Del Toro. No, I mean, like, who is it here? Oh, he's uh, the fifth guy he fights. The old guy who looks like he's having a heart attack. Oh, okay. And who and is the, the in the movie? Uh, the Grandmaster, the one that played that. Um, oh yeah, the fly from. Yeah, why can't I remember his name all of a sudden? I can't either. But he played the fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the one next to him, next to the, next to the collector. He's the guy oh. who's like, if you notice, he's passed out on a chessboard. Yeah. Why are you giving me the melting stick? <laughs> he just... What was it that he did? He did, like, a minor offense. And he's like... You know, he's not, he doesn't deserve the melting stick. I thought that was funny. Remember, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Thor? Yes. That guy, he was... Now you're... Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum, yeah. Now you remember. So, by the way, just so you know, the other guys on there, going from the top down, that's the in-betweener. He's, he's the guy in black and white. Yeah. Although he's not an elder. And then the, there's the champion. He's the blue guy. I remember, I remember that story when they fought. They had a cool fight. And then there's the gardener. Yeah, I remember that one too. And then that's the runner. I don't remember the runner too much. So let's see. So then we have the Infinity Gauntlet part, which you know, I'm sure you know. Yep. And then, at, then it's the Warlock and the Infinity Watch. And then the Infinity War with the Magus. Mm-hmm. All right, so quick question then. Have you seen the way the Megas looked in the 70s of the Afro? Um, I think I have, but I can't. I know I have, but I can't picture it. But I, this is how I know. This is what I think of the Megas is from Infinity yeah. War. Even uh, though I've really never read the whole thing. Because I was to say, which one do you like better? The Afro, the Infinity War version, or the new oh, one? Oh, now I can remember the Afro one. No, I like him from the 90s. He looks silly in the, in the 70s. See, I think he looks sillier with the hair and the little bun. I like him better with the afro. And then we have some more modern stuff. So the Illuminati got the gems. Yeah, that was cool. And then the hood tried taking them. And then all the gems got destroyed somehow. Is it from when... Uh, I mean, I know they disappeared uh, when Captain uh, Captain America... Uh, was using it for to stop the incursion of the two Earths. Uh, I don't know. It just says they, according to this thing, it just said they were destroyed. You remember that though? Oh yeah, that's what that's what they're talking about here. It says later Earth from multi, Earth's multiple realities been began to colliding due to multiversal collapse. To save the Earth from destruction, the Illuminati assembled the Infinity Gauntlet. And used it to stop, try and stop it. However, that caused five of the stones to shatter with the time stone disappearing. Yeah. See? Thank oh, you. and actually, I was wrong. Yeah. About something. Because do you see what it says in the next page? No, I wasn't reading it. I just looked at the pictures. <laughs> well, I'm saying, are you looking at it now? It says, after the multiversal collapse, you know, Secret Wars, caused the ninth iteration of reality. Oh. So we're, ac- we're actually we're on the ninth on one. We were so on the eighth. Eighth is before Secret Wars. This is ninth. Yeah. So it said it's believed before the existence of the eighth. 
So they're saying that the Infinity Gems existed in the last version, but we don't know if they existed in any of the versions before that. Got it. You know, so it, so like I said, you know, so it could be, they could have been around when Galactus was normal and human. You know, in his version of reality. Yeah. And now it basically brings us up to where we are now. Cool. Getting interesting.